Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. You are listening to the West Coast Gamblers. My name is Tony Cavallo, as always, with Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, and Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookston. We are the only sports gambling podcast that makes you money, and we are going to hit you hard right at the top with the backup, the Brinks truck, better the week from all three of us. Because, guys, we got some big things coming this weekend. It's NBA All-Star break. There's some UFC fights to be had. There's money to be made all over the place. And the three of us are going to tell you where exactly to go. We also have the continuation of our NFL starting QB list. The West Coast Gamblers rankings. The end-all, be-all of where you should place your money when you're talking about quarterbacks because there are quarterbacks on the move. There's even more conversations this week about more quarterbacks being on the move. Russell Wilson out of Seattle. Deshaun Watson out of Houston. Where do these guys rank? Are we going to be talking about them today? I'm not too sure. We're going through numbers 32 through 21, the bottom tier starters. Schaefer, the Sand Trap, how you doing on this lovely, lovely week? Oh, Tony Squares, thanks for asking, man. I am doing fantastic. First round just concluded the Bay Hill Invitational. Next week, we got the Players' Championship continuing the PGA Florida swing. And boys, I got a package for the Players' Championship I actually, I think all our listeners should contact their bookie to ensure that their family will be fed after we get done <laughs> with our player championships picks. It is going to be a smorgasbord of profit, boys. A smorgasbord. We're getting to the time where some big gambling moments are coming up. Not only are the golf majors right around the corner, but guys, we're a week away from the NCAA championship. We will be doing a Selection Sunday show. We will be breaking down the brackets the only way we know how, diving into a sport that we have not covered via podcast, but we have covered on our own many, many a time. I'm excited for it. We are in the midst of championship week right now. And my fellow Orangemen, or I guess we're just the Orange right now, Matthew Dangles, yeah. D'Angelo Antonio, I'm hoping we get to see Jim Beheim skewer reporters along the NCAA tournament line, but I'm not sure they'll get there. Either way, you're excited for what's to come. You love when it's March Madness. Always, always love when it's March Madness. Some uh, some interesting developments this year, too. You know, I mean, Syracuse is always one of those teams that, that can falter down the stretch. They start off strong, usually on their non-conference schedule, but then we start getting yeah, into Yeah, when the they're con- playing like Cornell and... Uh, right, and Cole Gate and and Canisius, yeah. but then you get to you know the the real meat of the schedule uh, and things start to get really challenging. Look, we could also very well see an NCAA tournament this year. I think for the first time since 1994-95 with no Duke University, where Coach yep. K will not be involved. Now, still the champ or the still the conference tournament to come, uh, but an interesting year always when we don't see uh, Coach K and the Blue Devils involved in the big dance or potential or even the potential for them to not be involved. Dangles, I just want to ask you a quick question, man, on a man-to-man level. Let's say in your undergrad undergrad career, you're working hard as a broadcast journalism major, and you go into the locker room via Zoom or even in person, and Mr. Uh, Master Beheim makes a comment about your physical stature and your lack of basketball skills. Uh, would you take that kindly? I mean, you kind of have to. I know you. I know you're looking for. I know you're looking for a. I know you're looking for me to be like give you the PFT answer and be like, no, I'd fucking get up in his face and I'd yell at him and I'd you know there'd be spittle on my lip and and I'd I'd be like you know I'd I'd make some crack about you know how uh, his long illustrious NBA. Cr- oh wait a second, there was no long illustrious NBA career. Um, but look, I mean, he's always been like if you're gonna interview Jim Bay, it's like if you're doing an interview with Bill Belichick or Greg Popovich. Uh, you know, just just those are the first two that comes like you have to know what you're getting into you have to know what what you're dealing with i think coach shashevsky went off earlier this year on a on a student reporter that he he chewed into oh yeah um so you know you you see it especially when you get these uh these younger reporters that that get in these college basketball coaches face who've been doing it for decades longer than they've been alive uh and then they ask the question but i mean look you know look jim Beheim is one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time but he's also an asshole he is famously an asshole that was a very uh, long-winded answer to get what I wanted you to say. Jim Beheim's an asshole. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> I love him. I love him to death. He's my asshole. Okay, yes, I love that's him. That's right. He's our to asshole. Death. 
I will follow him to his grave, which very well might happen on the sidelines in the carrier dome. He might see an early end the way he gets stressed out during those games. I love the man. And again, to defend my man Beheim, if you're going to go out there and challenge a man's coaching ability in your tweets and in your in your comments and you are yourself a public figure, you're going to get some blowback, or at least you open yourself up to some blowback. We sit here and we, we ponder how terrible these quarterbacks are. Listen, if Mitch Trubisky's camp gets to make fun of Tony Cavallo and call me out in the streets, they're deserving so. I've made fun of Mitch Trubisky over and over again. That's sort of the, the ebb and flow of all this. But hey, hopefully Syracuse does well in their ACC championship tournament. It is tournament week. We have some tournaments going. The championship between Winthrop and Campbell is coming up for, uh, I believe that's the Big South. I'm Woo! excited. Championship week is some of the best stuff you get to see every year. This is how you find your 12 seed that's going to be the 5 seed. Drew, before we get into the Brinks Truck Bets of the Week, I'm putting you on the spot. Are there any tournaments, conference tournaments, that you're excited to see that you think there could be, be some fun matchups as previews for NCAA tournament upsets? Well, guys, how about the Horizon League last night? Three Horizon League games. Horizon's been often often referred to like the maction of college basketball. Yep. You know, everyone loves the maction in college football. Horizon League. You got a bunch of random ass teams in the right state, uh, Milwaukee, um, Northern Kentucky, all these teams. Yep. Three games yesterday. Two of them went into overtime. One of them went into triple overtime. And the combined margin of victory was like three points with a 25 point comeback. That is some crazy basketball. But I have to admit, guys, and I know this has been a trying year for everybody. And I think March Madness, when it comes, I think I think we'll feel it because the, the basketball will be on the screen. But these small school conference tournaments don't feel the same without the fans. I know. And just the and just the and just the Cinderella aspect of they, they punch their ticket and it just does not it just doesn't feel like March yet. I'm hoping and I think I will. I, I think we'll know. March Madness will be in Indy. It'll be in the bubble. It'll be great. It'll be grand. The NFL did it. The NBA did it. It'll be grand. But these small school conference tournaments, I can't help but feel just a little unfulfilled. Would you agree, Dangles? I, w- I would agree. I'm personally stoked for the America East Conference uh, championship. A native New Englander I am. My New Hampshire uh, Wildcats are one of the teams that uh, could potentially be in the in the hunt this year. Uh, and then there's the Vermont Catamounts, who famously beat my Syracuse Orange in the 2000, I think, five uh, tournament famous there was like a 13-4 upset that year they did that uh, and of course you've got UMBC the only team in uh, NCAA history to ever topple a one seed also involved in that tournament uh, and I think pretty highly ranked as well I'm looking forward to that one I can't wait it's the best time of the year and this was the first thing that got taken away from us sports head when these uh, this pandemic started it's I was supposed to go year. to Vegas I was supposed to go yep. for the first time I was supposed to go and be at, in a sports book at Treasure Island for the first weekend of March Madness. I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. I just I haven't had the opportunity. Just things have come up every year. And last year was finally, I had the room. It was all ready to go. And then, I mean, the Rona. It's it, the first week of March Madness. I mean, me and Drew have spent many a weekend together in some Hollywood degenerates living room floor with seven TVs going and then going to, uh, uh, what was the bar we went to afterward? <laughs> Uh, Barney's Beanery, my friend, in WeHo. Come See, on now. I mean, it was a long day. I don't remember a single second of Barney's Beanery, but I was there. I was definitely there. Before we move on, though, we're going to have a Selection Sunday show. Plenty of time to talk college basketball next week. Before we go on to the NFL QB rankings, though, I got to get the backup the Brinks truck bet of the week from all three of us. Dangles, you've been the hot one in the group. You've been leading us off since the end of the Super Bowl. Start us off again, my friend. Where are you going for your Brinks truck bet this week? Well, unfortunately, was not successful in my win-to-nil bet for Man City this past week in the English Premier League. So one and one. Uh, I think I'm going to back away from from uh, English soccer for the time being uh, and, and maybe shift back to college basketball since that's what's hot right now. All right, I'm going to go real simple here. I'm keeping it chalk, guys. I'm taking Florida State to win the ACC tournament at plus 215. At the top. At the, At top. the top, absolutely. I've, I've I wrestled. Like I wrestled with Virginia here because I think they're a potential, uh, you know, Cinderella. Not necessarily Cinderella because they're like the second best team in the conference. Um, but they got spanked by like twenty one earlier this year by Florida State. Florida State's just been an absolute bulldozer in, in conference tournaments the last few years. I think they lost in the final um, in two thousand nineteen. Uh, uh, and uh, so anyway, they they have got that experience. Yes, Virginia's obviously a, a recent recent national championship, but Florida State's been far and away the better. team 
team in the ACC, the best team in the ACC this year. So I'm taking Florida State to win the ACC championship at plus 215. Yeah, I love that team. I always have. They're always a very, very dangerous team full of athletes. They got a kid who's drafted in the Chicago Bulls, Patrick Williams, who is showing up in his rookie year. They breed players out there. Dan, uh, Drew, what do you have for your backup the bring strike bet of the week? Well, it wouldn't be a shade for the sharp if we didn't have sprinkle uh, a little cross-sport backup the bring truck bets. But I first have to say the shade for the sand trap real quickly, real quickly. Uh, not the best week for me last week. I am gearing up, boys. I'm making some successful weekend bets at the line in the fourth in the fourth and final round was successful on Sunday not good pre-flop however it's we're, we're, we're taping this on Thursday night so the following day is obviously Friday Matthew Fitzpatrick he fired a three under 69 today which is Tony's favorite number he's sitting at three under tied for seventh right now his odds to finish in the top 10 the top 10 of this tournament with three rounds to play 54 holes is plus. 110. I love that bet. Love it, love it, love it. He was a popular pre-flop favorite among Sharps. Matthew Fitzpatrick to finish in the top 10. He's currently tied for seventh, plus 110. That is my Shea for the Sand Trap best bet. But let's go to the NBA All-Star Weekend. And I'm going to do something that's unprecedented here at the West Coast Gambler Boys. I am going to give out some bets that I don't currently have odds for, but trust. They will be positive EV. They will be plus money. They will be good value because I'm not taking, for example, I heard someone suggest Steph Curry is going to win the three-point contest this weekend. Wow. Way to give the people the content they want. The greatest <laughs> shooter of all time winning a three-point contest? Are you dry-fucking me? Sorry, Mom. Anyway, here we go. So I'm going to go to the All-Star Weekend, and I'm going to start out with the Skills Challenge. Now, we have some participants in here. Luka, Do Luka Doncic, obviously very popular. Chris Paul, seasoned veteran. However, I'm going to go with me, myself, and Tony Square's good friend who we've met numerous times, yep. Domotas Sabonis, yep. to win the skills position. I think he's going to be probably third, fourth favorite, maybe on the list. I love this. Go ahead, Tony. I have those odds if you're interested. Bring them to me. So the skills challenge odds, I'll go from bottom to top. The biggest the biggest odds right now is Julius Randle plus 800. Nikola Vucevic is plus 650. Robert Covington plus 500. Domitas sitting there at plus 400. Four to one odds for your boy. Chris Paul is plus 225. Luke is the favorite at two to one. I'm all over the Domitas at four to one. I love that bet. I think Luca's kind of, he's got to play a game. Remember, the skills challenge is the same day as the game. Yep. So these all-stars that are playing the game, you think they're going to sprint and go full speed? I don't think so. I think, I think Domitas has a, has a clear advantage here, and I think he's motivated. He's very skilled. My second all-star bet, mm. we're actually going to the all-star game. Tony, I'm not sure if you have these odds in front of you. I'm looking at like a nine of my sports books right now. I don't have them up yet. So wherever you're looking, I'm going to want. Now, the NBA All-Star Game has been uh, extremely controversial this year with some of the biggest league stars saying, what are we doing? Yeah. We don't want to play. Yeah. We're tired. We're coming out of the bubble, which seems to be a theme. I don't think this game is going to be very highly uh, desired. So I'm looking to bet on players that, A, didn't go to the bubble last year, so a little more energized and motivated to be there, and B, motivated to make a splash. Guys, I know he's not going to start. Whatever Zion Williamson's MVP odds are, take him on Sunday. I think he is going to be a one-man show. We got lob passes. The last, the NBA All-Star, last four years, guys, it's been a front-court player. Yep. I think Zion just out of strength, hustle, flashiness. I kind of like Bradley Beal on the East. I might sprinkle something on him. But NBA All-Star MVP coming off the bench, I like my man Zion Williamson. I don't think he's going to be top three odds, whatever that is. 300 to plus 900, take Zion Williamson to be the MVP. Now, finally, finally, for my best bet, we're going to the <laughs> dunk contest. We're going to the dunk contest, and this is my best bet. Which is the happening at halftime of at the All-Star game. So literally, no the, one will care. With the contestants, Anthony Simmons, Cassius Stanley, and Obi Toppin, the best bet is Drew Schaefer, the Sharp, to not watch the NBA dunk contest. <laughs> that is the best bet on the West Coast Gamblers. Take it to the bank. Bet the mortgage. Bet everything. Drew Schaefer Crookston to not watch the NBA dunk contest. Back up the Brinks truck. Drew, in the time that it took you to get to the chase there, I actually now qualify for a coronavirus vaccine. And I'm 31 <laughs> and in very good health. So thank you for that. Oh, man. Back up the Brinks truck is his idea. So if we tell him to get one bet, he's going to have 15 minutes of bets for us. But hey, 
It's time for my bet. It's time for me to get back off the schneid to make a winning bet. And I'm going to that three-point contest. The only thing Schaefer the Sharp glossed over when it came to the NBA All-Star Weekend. And as he said before... Steph Curry is in this contest, and Steph Curry is the best shooter I've ever seen with these two eyes. Might be the best shooter to ever play in the NBA, and he's in this contest, and it would be stupid to bet against him. In fact, though, he's still almost 2-1 to one to win this. You're getting plus money to bet on the best shooter in the world to win the three-point contest, but your man Tony Squares says, I don't think it's going to happen this year. I love Steph Curry, nothing against him. I think it's going to a guy who has a chip on his shoulder, okay? There are six men in this contest. Two of them are Celtics, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. As much as I'd love to see them win, it's not going to happen. They're both 8-1 to one right now to win it. Devin Booker is 5-1 to one of the Phoenix Suns. Donovan Mitchell is plus 350. Zach Levine is plus 250. And the aforementioned Steph Curry is at 2-1. to one. I'm sitting here going with the guy who was not picked to be an NBA All-Star. He made the team because Anthony Davis was injured and he was a replacement, but he was not picked to be an All-Star. He has that chip on his shoulder, and he is one of the better young players in the NBA, and he's also won this three-point contest before. Devin Booker at 5-1 to one odds, 5-1 to one odds, plus 500 Devin Booker to win the three-point contest is my pick. I also... We'll be sprinkling a touch on Donovan Mitchell because I think Donovan Mitchell, after the past week of games where he came out and started lambasting the refs for how they treat the number one team in the league, the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell is coming with a a chip on his shoulder as well, but I think he saves that for the actual All-Star game. The three-point contest to me is going with the 5-1 to Devin Booker, and those are your backup the Brinks truck bets of the week from the West Coast Gamblers. Boys, if you're ready, I'm ready to move on to the QB rankings. And we are back with the West Coast Gamblers QB rankings. To recap, all three of us went away into our little workshops. We ranked all 60 starters from last year's coronavirus fled season of the NFL QBs 60 to 1. Combine those three lists together to get the end-all, be-all NFL QB rankings. We've done now 60 through 33, and we are starting to get to the starters. We will be doing number 32 to 21, the bottom tier starters of the league, and Angles, I have to say, get your chapstick ready. You got a lot of explaining to do. To recap last week's show, though, the top 10 backups started off with Terod Taylor at 42, Chad Henney at 41, John Wofford a little bit too high at number 40, C.J. Bathard, then Nick Foles, then Cam Newton making his appearance at number 37 overall. Gardner Minshew came in at number 36, Andy Dalton 35, Mitch Trubisky 34, and the number one backup in the league, according to the West Coast Gamblers, is Taylor Heineke. So as we go... And we break into the starters. Number 32, the worst starter in the league. And this is interesting because as we do these three individual rankings, we have a lot of variance between us. I might have a guy number 40. Dangles might have a guy number 25. And this is where we hash it out and we argue. But there are also some guys last year uh, that get the Teddy Bridgewater Award, where we all ranked him exactly the same no matter where we put him. Teddy Bridgewater last year, all three of us ranked him exactly at number 26. The next guy at number 32 got the closest, only one spot of difference between all three of us. And this is the man that supposedly is the new starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Taysom Hill comes in at number 32. Dangles, if you're the New Orleans Saints, if you're a New Orleans Saints fan, after what you've seen from Taysom Hill in the little time he's been a starter, are you are you trying to beg Drew Brees to come back and to uh, to give us one more year, old Drew? I mean, probably because if I'm a diehard Saints fan, that's of course what I want. But I think you know, if you're thinking about it logically, um, it's not a too different a situation from what I was sort of feeling as a Patriots fan going into this season, which is that we've had a pocket passer, a very accurate you know guy for the last you know very long time, almost 20 years in their case. Um, and now you're bringing in a guy who's a lot more gadgety and who who you can do designed runs for. Obviously, Cam Newton and, and Taysom Hill are two very different style quarterbacks. Uh, but the point being, there's going to be a change in the way that you have to run the offense. Now, the good news is, I mean, obviously, P- Sean Payton's already very comfortable with what Taysom Hill's skill set is. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think the fact that he is now going to be assuming that this is the way that the 2021 season progresses and they don't bring someone else in or, um, you know, make a trade or something like that, he's going to get all the first team reps in the as the passer as well and he's going to have to develop as a passer there's going to be there's going to be no uh there's going to be no choice rubber's going to have to hit the road how that goes
goes? And does he ever sort of uh, turn into somebody who can be the same kind of gadgety dude he is now and also pass for 4,000 yards? That remains to be seen. But uh, I can guarantee he's, you he he's won't. Probably, I was going to say, he's probably not. I, I don't think he's going to grow into that person. I think they're going to have to design more stuff for him. But you could do a lot worse. You could do a lot worse than having Taysom Hill as your starter. Well, I don't know if you can because he's number 32 on our list, a.k.a. the worst starter in the NFL, <laughs> according to the West Coast Gamblers. Number 31, however, this guy is interesting because he came uh, into the news this past week saying that the team that he played for did not want him to be there, and yet he played for them anyway. Played so well that he won NFL Q, uh, Comeback Player of the Year. He's been on this list before, climbing as high as number 12 in 2017. Obviously missed all of the year before with a gruesome leg injury. He came back, fought back to be number 31 on on our list alex smith welcome to the club drew and i had him at number 33 on our individual list dangles you had alex smith up upwards of 25 on your individual list alex smith has said he wants to keep playing alex smith has said he wants to keep producing and wants to be a starter in this league dangles you think he can do it he's a gamer man anybody who comes back from an injury like that is an absolute gamer to me um that's i mean i i just i, I think he's he, his story is 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 just beyond words. You know what I mean? That that oh, yeah. that injury that injury ended Joe Theismann's career. And I don't think Joe Theismann's injury was was as bad as what happened to Alex Smith, who almost They're lost his, lost yeah. his leg and lost his life. Um, but look, I mean, I I just you know he had a, a a pretty solid year. The the part of the year that he did play, he looked good. He despite the fact that he got sacked on the first play, he was back. My heart, yeah, my heart, yeah, by the best defensive player in the league. My heart stopped when I saw that. But um, but look, I, I think he's a guy who could be a starter for a lot of these teams that that need one. Whether he's in Washington is is or not is is another story. But um, but yeah, dude, I think he's a gamer. Maybe I gave him a little love because he you know he's I'm just so in awe of the comeback story. Um, but I stand. Oh, I stand by I stand by 25. Definitely. Drew, uh, and I think I'm with you on this. I think he is an absolute gamer, but I don't see him as a starter in this league. I'd love him in my QB room, but not as the number one guy. I don't think he's going to have a market, guys, and here's the reason why. I mean, we saw what he can do on the – I mean, I, again, he's we came in at 32. I mean, again, is he serviceable? Sure. But my, here's my question. The, 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 the Washington football team clearly didn't want him. What market – what market is there for a guy who obviously motivational story, but guys, every time he steps on the steps foot on the field, he's a liability when it comes to his his livelihood, right? Or just yeah. his ability to walk. I know every time you watch him play this year, like you said, Dangles, you kind of hold your breath, like, ooh, like just even when he would get sacked and go down. Like, I'm just curious what team is gonna want to pay him to come in and even have the ability to step on the field to produce. I know he says he wants that. I'm going to be very curious. Put a good line around him. They've teams... been doing that with Brady for years. That's the whole, yeah, that's the success but... route for Brady. you got to get a good line. The guy's a statue. There's no reason you can't apply the same logic to an Alex Smith. I'm just going to say, if I had a young quarterback, a rookie quarterback or something like that, and that I knew Alex Smith wasn't going to be my starter, I'd want Alex Smith in the room because I think he'd be able to I show agree. the guy the rope. So you're Washington, though. You just signed Taylor Heineke to this, like, eight-plus million dollar extension. Is he, like, if you're Ron Rivera going into this season, is he the guy that you're trotting out? Out there, I honestly I don't. I've seen t enough of both of these guys to know that I would rather have Alex Smith out on the field starting that week what? game week based one. Based on what? Absolutely, based on based the on fact what? that he's started in the league for years, and Tyler Heineke is a career backup. All right. Number 30 and number 29 were tied, and the way we break ties is the man who got the highest individual ranking gets the higher spot. Number 30, though, I want Drew to talk about because Drew loved this guy last year, and we saw exactly who he was this year, and I want to know if there's still hope for our boy in Denver, Drew Locke. He came in at 33rd after his rookie year. He lands at number 30 on our list this year. I think he's a low-tier starter. If you're a Denver t fan, Drew, are you looking for the future already, or do you think Drew Locke can potentially be your guy? Well, I'm looking to get John Elway out of uh, the front office. That's what I'm doing if I'm a Bronco fan because clearly he has zero concept of what he's doing. He backed into Peyton Manning on the twilight of his career and had a defense uh, literally give him a Super Bowl championship. I mean, this guy cannot assess – you know, he's he, he's a worse quarterback evaluator than Jim Harbaugh. And for me to say that, uh, that is rough for me to say. But, I mean, this guy, John Elway – That's big words. Yeah, he, he, he swings and misses on everything. And Locke – you know, I did have him high last year based on just his arm ability, his potential, kind of like to swag. This year it was just tired. 
He's pretty reckless with the ball. Doesn't really uh, – he, he's, he's, he has zero ball security. Definitely has some arm talent. But what did we hear? All the Broncos in their, their draft, right? They get K.J. Hamler. They get Jerry Judy. They get, you know, Noah Fanspo to have this stud year. They signed Melvin Gordon. I mean, Vic Fangio doesn't do anything for me on the offensive side of the ball at all. Their, def- their offense was inept uh, most of the times. I think this is a, uh, I think this is a franchise that's really spinning their wheels right now and kind of running in place. Yeah. So if I'm the Broncos fan, uh, I am not excited uh, that Drew Locke is my quarterback. But again, that rookie contract is the most valuable asset in all of sports. You might as well bring in some competition for him. But I definitely, absolutely think Denver should look to address that quarterback position at the at the minimum. Just get some competition for the dude because he didn't yep. he did not do anything for me this year. I think there's a chance that uh, he makes it in this league. I also think that we are looking more and more at these mock drafts that there will be five QBs taken in the first round, which means Drew Locke coming in at number 30 right now might fall out of the league next year when we do these rankings again. I will say, though, I don't know how he is in like you know in the QB rooms and when he's trying to learn the offense, how, how studious he is, but I will say his talent alone and the, the he was handed a, a bad deck this year with Cortland Sutton going down. Noah Fant didn't last. That O-line stung. Jerry Judy had more drops than anybody in the NFL. You know, I think I want to give Drew Log one more year before I cut him out completely, but he comes in at number 30 on this list, tied with the man who comes in at number 29. Now, Dangles, I don't know what you were doing here because this man has been on this list three times. He started off number 20 his rookie season, number 23 last year. He falls to 29 this year because he may be playing for the worst team in all of the NFL. He may have been playing for the worst coach in all of the NFL. But Dangles, there is no chance in hell that Sam Darnold is the 38th quarterback in the league, which is where you had him. I had him the highest out of the three of us at 24th. I don't think he's, you know, you should break the bank to sign Sam Darnold, but he is a guy that's looking to be moved. His GM this this week alone said, we're answering calls on Sam Darnold, which is insane to me. This guy was drafted as high as he was. Sam Darnold, though, 14 spots of difference between me and you. Why did you have Sam as low as you did? Because I think it, at this point in his career and, and after I've seen what I've seen so far, he's been just mediocre enough to be bad all the time. I just I, I don't know that I see I don't know that I see the development. I don't know that I, I, I see the the spectacular throws that you see out of a lot of these these other rookies. Now, granted, he's been in a terrible situation as far as yeah. his his head coach uh, and the weapons that have been around him. I mean, wh- you know, you can only be expected to do so much with the likes of Jamison Crowder uh, and and Robbie Anderson for the the short period of time that he was he was uh, the two of them were were in New York. Um, but look, I just don't see much of a future for Sam Darnold. I, I don't think he's a very good quarterback. Uh, I don't know that he's ever going to develop in a different system. Um, so that's, I guess why I, I mean, looking at the list now, I don't know, but maybe. I don't know. I don't know if he's a world beater either. I mean, no, I, I I ranked him. I'm looking at my list now, and I had him even below the likes of John Wolford and Gardner Minshew, which um, is idiotic. Which which looking he's, at that now, I might have Gardner had him Minshew. a little bit lower than I than I should. He is better than Gardner Minshew, I think. He's better than Taysom Hill. He just is. Guys, he's, he's just better than those players. Guys, Drew, just what I spoke about with Denver, Sam Darnold would be a perfect person for Denver to come in, trade for, and bring in some just competition for Drew Locke. I don't think we can ever, ever close the book on Sam Darnold until he gets out of Adam Gase's clutches, just based on the Ryan Tannehill career, how Tannehill's career took off after he was yep. you know, free of Adam Gase. And obviously a terrible, terrible situation in New York. Um, he's very, very bad to, to, to put it nicely. He makes some, he makes some (laughs) very poor decisions and poor throws. No quarterback with more than 110 pass attempts had a lower passer rating than he did. Oh no, he's no quarterback was playing on the jets. Well, Well, he's playing on the worst team in the league. His, With the worst offensive line and the worst skill position. I mean, Brashad Perryman is your number. What are we doing? What are we even? Chris Herndon. This is the team that Sam Darnold is going to highlight in the 2021 regular NFL season, right behind Matt Stafford, ahead of Matt Stafford, ahead of Sean McVay. It's the no more excuse team. If he gets a new coach, he's got to show out. It's his fourth year. He's got to do something. But I think I, I think he's properly graded in this list. You know, he is a top top five draft pick, but I think people that watched him at USC closely in our backyard when we all lived in close proximity in Los Angeles, they saw him play against good defenses and he just didn't look – I mean, it doesn't shock me that he's having these struggles. It shocks me that he's been this bad. 
Well, he comes in at number 29. Number 28, Dangles don't get too comfortable because this guy also had a high variance. Uh, Darnold had the most difference, spots difference, with a 14-point difference between all three of us. This guy comes in with a 13-spot difference. Drew, you had him as low as number 35. Dangles, you had him as high as number 22. Both of you are going to sway a very rabid fan base of Philadelphia Eagles fans who just traded away their longtime starter and Super Bowl winner Carson Wentz in order to hand over the keys to this man, Jalen hurts no one's going to question his character no one's going to question his manliness he is an awesome awesome person the question is is he a starting quarterback in this league drew says no dangle says yes he comes in at number 28 on this list i'm going to go to you first drew why do you think jalen hurts is not a starter yet in this league well it's it's not necessarily i don't think again he's such a small sample size but you got to remember before he transferred to oklahoma in a pass happy lincoln riley big 12 offense he was a running quarterback at alabama I mean, this this wasn't like a guy who who developed, you know, from eighth grade on at Elite Eleven and was this stud pocket passer. He's learning this new skill set. I I just I firmly believe in the small sample size I watched. Um, I think the teams once there's a book on Jalen Hurts. I, he had a great game against the Saints in his rookie debut. He beat them, covered six pointer dogs. I just think he's going to be a very 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 easy quarterback to scout. Um, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna have the ability to make plays in the pocket uh, if teams kind of sit back and zone on them. However, great character guy, great football player, similar to what we talked about with a Cam Newton or a Taysom Hill. I definitely think he has a future in the NFL. Absolutely. I, I'm just not sure if he's going to be that starting quarterback. But like I said, I put him here just based on lack of sample size. You said great character guy. I think he's going to get a shot to do his thing in Philly. Um and we will see next year. I'm not. I'm not down on him as much as my rankings might seem. I just want. I just want to see him for a 16 game season. That's all. Personally, for me, I had him just above Taysom Hill in my rankings. I had them 30 and 31 respectively. Dangles, you had Jalen Hurts as high as number 22 in the league, aka the top of the bottom level of starters. You think Jalen Hurts is a real future? I do. I really do. Um, I think, I mean, first of all, you know what they say about a man spited, right? I mean, this guy gets bounced from his quarterback spot at the best football program in the country hmm. and ends up having to go to Oklahoma, rebuild himself. I mean, there's no way that doesn't hurt a man's ego. You know what I mean? Like a guy who's been at the top of his athletic uh, of, of what he does for so long and then to get displaced to the point where he has to, you know, transfer because he wants to pursue his dream to get to the NFL. That's a kind of motivation you don't get anywhere else. That's part one. And part two, I just loved what this kid's sizzling. I loved what I saw out of him on the field, just throwing dots out there. He he moves. How many quarterbacks, how many young rookie quarterbacks like him have we seen come into the league and be successful over the last couple of years? He's not that different in play style from Kyler Murray and Kyler Murray's probably smaller than Jalen Hurts is I loved what I saw out of this Un kid undoubtedly this smaller not probably he's, he's well I, I didn't I, I'm and not sure I don't have the I don't have the numbers in front of me so I wanted to give myself some some wiggle room but look this is an Eagles team that had given up on the season with a coach that was more uh um more more interested in distancing himself from his 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 franchise quarterback than he was convincing uh his team to win no wide receivers to speak of on this team and Jalen Hurts comes in and is like guys let's win a few boys we're not gonna win the we're not gonna win ourselves a ship this year we're not gonna be taking home the luxury yacht we're not going to be having a sea liner uh, uh waiting for us at the dock but hey we can at least try hey so i, I will love say, jalen hurts and he, jalen hurts won won me a ship this year as he threw one ball to deshaun jackson in week 16 that went for an 80 yard touchdown and let me win my fantasy league i'll remember that play for the rest of my life drew and he did, he did win one game, and then he lost the next three and got benched in his last one. So, you know, we'll have to see with Jalen Hurts. But in your comparison to, to Kyler, uh, Mr. Dangles, yes, Hurts, I mean, bigger, <laughs> twice as strong, twice as durable. Um, he's not Kyler Murray, my friend. He's not Kyler Murray. Not at all. With his arm, I guess, arm we'll, and I guess speed. we'll see. Drew, Drew saying yeah. that uh, Drew saying that he was bigger is the understatement of the century. <laughs> number twenty-seven. Yeah. He came in last year as a rookie, also at number twenty-seven. Did not improve or decline in our rankings. Comes in at twenty-seven again. Drew also had him exactly at twenty-seven. Dangles had him a little bit higher. I had this guy as out of the starting rotation altogether. Daniel Jones, the quarterback for the New York football giants, I had 34th in the 
league, a sharp decline from what we had last year because I saw no improvements. I saw no steps forward. I saw the same product we had two years ago happen this year. Yes, he was missing Saquon Barkley. Yes, he was missing some players on offense, but there was no changes. If this was Sam Darnold, I think Sam Darnold would be doing much better in this offense than Daniel Jones is. Am I missing something? Do you guys think Daniel Jones has a future here? Do you think New York is another team that's looking to replace their quarterback just two years into his tenure? Listen, he's got he's got he's got some ability to do stuff with his feet. We saw that that uh the the, the turf monster get him in the Philly game when he was about to that was run amazing. eighty yards for a touchdown. That was amazing. Um, but for whatever reason, like I'm not like. I'm not. I'm not putting this guy on a cross yet by any stretch of the imagination. Like I, again, similar to Darnold in, across town, I should say in the same building. I mean, just zero help. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Saquon goes down. Evan Ingram's glass house. I know he played better later in the year. Um. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to like say he's a bust or say he's a perennial backup, but. I just think he's properly ranked. That's all I really got for Danny Dimes. That's, uh, that's pro bowler Evan Ingram to you. Somehow made the pro bowl. Daniel Jones to me and Sam Darnold. I would have Sam Darnold 10 times out of 10 over Daniel Jones. I don't even think it's a contest. Dangles, what do you think about Daniel Jones? Do you think he has a future in this league? I mean, yeah, I do. If he, uh, The one thing I will say is he needs to uh, work on ball security. Six lost fumbles this, this last year. Uh, he turns the ball over a lot. He also uh, uh, t- uh, added to that 10 interceptions with just 11 touchdown passes. So, uh, look, I think he's, you know, <laughs> compared to what the looks on Giants fans' faces were when uh, when the, he was taken with that pick a couple of years ago, two years ago, yeah. I think you, you said it was, I think he's 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 right where he should be in his progression. It's going to take a leap. Uh, he's going to have to really step up, but they also have to get him some weapons. I mean, you can only again do so much with 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 uh, uh, what Darius Slayton and uh, uh, that other kid whose name escapes me who who broke out this year. I don't. I, he's not even. And they just, just released. You know, they just he, released he, Golden Tate. Um, who's you, wasn't you much said of it a, already. He's all. You know, he turns the ball over too much. He has too many fumbles. Ball security is a problem. It's the same problem he had last year. I saw no steps forward and. Again, I want to see steps forward in the second year from the first year. Speaking of a guy who needs to make steps forward, number 26 coming in was a big draft pick by this franchise, and yet even when he was named the starter, there were many games where he did not finish as the starter. Dangles, you had this guy's number 32, the bottom starter in the league. Miami is a contender. They have a team built around them that is a contending team, yet Tua... Tagliavoa comes in at 26 overall on our list. Drew and I had him around here at the same spot. Dangles had him a little bit lower. I hear a lot of chatter that Tua is not the man of the future in Miami. When this time last year, when we saw Tua get picked, we were all thrilled for Brian Flores and that team. We thought it was the perfect marriage. We thought it could happen. It can happen. Dangles, you have him as the worst starter in the league. Do you think uh, if you're Miami, your pick is still pretty high? You still have a chance to grab one of these young QBs. Do you do what Arizona did and say goodbye, Josh Rosen? Hello, new color of paint, or do you try to stick with Tua? Man, that's a that's a uh, that's a tough question, and I don't envy the uh, Miami Dolphins front office for for having to make it. Um, look, I think we all know that that there the concerns with Tua are, are are about his arm, right? You know, about his ability to throw the ball, and you also and gotta, his decision making. And his, his decision making. He only threw three interceptions this year. Went six and three as a starter. Not bad. Not bad for uh, you know for sort of being awkwardly thrust into a starting role after Ryan Fitzpatrick was unceremoniously booted um, with seemingly at the time no reason. Um, but the other you know the other thing maybe maybe I'm just giving too much credence to it. I don't know if it matters. But like how many other mobile left-handed quarterbacks in the history of the NFL have actually been successful. I can only think of one. Steve Young. I can only think of, yeah. oh, there you go. I, I, actually, well, then there's two. Steve Young and Mike Vick. There's, there's, your, there's your number two. What are you laughing at, Tony? I'm just saying they're two fucking Hall of Famers, but, you know, it's not like it's never happened before. No, it's not like it's, but I'm saying that the, the, the chances that it actually happens uh, uh, are rare. And you obviously have to, there are different challenges you have to, and you have to set your offense up differently with the with the left-handed quarterback in certain ways. So, I don't know. I, I don't know that Tua is going to be, is the man of the future um, in, in Miami. I might consider rolling the dice and trying to see see what I can get with one of these these young guys. But then again, you know, you run the risk of having that blow up in your face if, if you get two duds. It's going to be a tough Here's decision. the question. There's a simple question that Miami needs to answer, and it was clearly the answer 
going into this year when they designated Ryan Fitzpatrick the closer, which is the most yeah. asinine thing I ever heard in the history of the NFL. We have a closer quarterback. Can the Dolphins trust Tua in crunch time to make decisions and lead him to victories? That's the bottom line. And obviously they didn't this year. They can say whatever they want about, you know, his hip injury or the lack of training camp because of COVID, blah, 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 blah. But if he is a starting quarterback next year for the Miami Dolphins, they better be able to put him in situations where they can trust him to lead the team to a victory. And again, three interceptions dangles. Yeah, six and three to start. That's all great. If you watch the game plan, very, very vanilla. They they, they they could have won in week 17 in Buffalo uh, to, to get a playoff spot. They got blown out by the Bills, and Tua looked like a lost puppy. Um, I'm not ready to discount him yet. He's got a lot of skill. Um, very, very curious. Very, very curious uh, of, of what the future is for, for young Tua. Needs to show improvements. Let's go to number 25, though. And I will say the closer, Ryan Fitzpatrick, we have not named on this list yet, and he will not be in Miami next year. So Miami does need to make some decisions. But number 25 comes in, and we have a discussion to have on this guy as well. He's been on this list all five years as high as number two, a former number two-ranked quarterback. Last year he was number eight. This year it all fell apart, as many things do in Philadelphia. Carson Wentz comes in at number 25 overall. I had him personally the highest at number 21. I am very much a Carson Wentz believer. He is now the Indianapolis starting QB, and Chris Ballard believes in him as well. Dangles, you had him at number 34. You had Carson Wentz is not a viable starter in this league. My friend, again, I had to hate to put you on the spot, as we've done so many times on this episode, but I think you're an idiot for thinking Carson Wentz is not a starter in this league. I mean, he obviously is because he's got a starting job in um, <laughs> in, in Indianapolis. So, so we're you know, if we're going by the letter of the list, then sure, I guess I, I, he's outside that that uh, that realm. But but look, I mean, how far has this dude fallen? And how much of it? Look, and how much of it? I I really don't know honestly. Sometimes how much of it's a blame on on Doug Peterson and. And how much of it's blame on on Carson Wentz? He's had opportunities to be better. He's had stretches where he hasn't been hurt, and he throws interceptions, and he fumbles the football. And I don't know what happened from MVP Carson to this Carson, but maybe it is just a change of scenery. Um, but but that day when I ranked him, I was not high on Carson Wentz that day. So here we are now. Drew, what do you think about our man Carson Wentz? You obviously don't like him as much as I do. You had him only at 23rd, though. He comes in at 25th thanks to Dangles putting a dagger in his back. Do you think Carson Wentz is the answer to Indy's problems, or do you think they're going to be in the same situation this year? I think we're going to talk so much about Carson Wentz from <laughs> from from the time the season starts. I don't want to talk about him. Let's move on. We're here for you, Carson. Number 24. Also has been on this list all five seasons. The highest he's ever been is number 11. He has been to the Super Bowl 16th last year, starting all 16 games. A big thing when it comes to starting all 16 games, because this guy has an injury history just like Carson Wentz. Pretty Jimmy comes in at number 24 overall, and we all had him here. San Fran, I don't want to talk too long about Pretty Jimmy, but uh, is, is Pretty Jimmy going to be the starting quarterback in San Fran next year, Drew? I think they're running out of time, guys. I unless unless now I saw in a mock, in a mock my my Lions traded up. I'm officially team or sorry, trade back. I'm officially team trade back, and the 49ers jumped up that seventh <laughs> spot to pick up a quarterback. Um, man, it's just so funny. We were talking about the the no more excuse team: Stafford, uh, Sam Darnold. You can add right those last two quarterbacks: Carson Wentz, Jimmy G. I mean, I think Jimmy G is honestly like, what what are they doing? They they're gonna like go to battle with that guy's quarterback. They very, again, just like two in Miami, they, they so clearly don't trust him. Yeah. They didn't trust him yes. in the Super Bowl. They don't, they don't trust him in crunch time. He can't stay healthy. I, I would want to cut bait with this guy so bad, but the question is, who is available for an upgrade for them? And I don't think they have a clear answer right now. I think they could be very active uh, come draft day, and that's going to be exciting to watch. But I'm, I'm very, very I, – I think Jimmy Garoppolo at this point is extremely low ceiling. And then also his contract is not very pleasant to look at either. Number 23 is a walking free agent, and he differs 11 spots in our rankings. Dangles had him as high as number 21. Drew had him as the worst starter in the league. And that's where he's been for the majority of the five years he's been on this uh, on this list. The lowest he's been is 37th. The highest he's been is 29th last year. He comes in at 23rd because he was the closer. Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzmagic. Dangles, you are looking for a quarterback for your New England Patriots. They've been rumored to be interested in Ryan 
Ryan Fitzpatrick to come in and, and just hold, you know, just sail the ship straight for one more year. Let us survive one more year. You think he's the 21st quarterback in the NFL. Would you like Ryan Fitzpatrick wearing, uh, working at Gillette Stadium next year? How much worse, how much worse could it be than, than, than having Cam or, or even worse having to, to put it all on Jarrett Stidham? I mean, you know, I, I think, uh, I think I would be fine with having, having, having Fitzpatrick. Look, he's what, 30, like eight years old, I think, something like that. He's knocking on the door of 40 right now. I'm he's pretty an old sure dude, I, I but- could run a, a mile around a track faster than Ryan Fitzpatrick. You probably could, but you I could would, not make some Fitz. of the... I would bet the Brinkstruck on Fitz. He makes he he still somehow manages to make some insane throws, get out of the pocket. I mean, I I love and he goes and does it every single place that he's that he's been. Drew, you obviously think Fitz- he's a known commodity. You had him at thirty two. No, I I love Fitz Magic. I really do. I love his personality. I love his swagger. I love his competitiveness. I, I I really like the guy. But if there's one thing we know about Ryan Fitzpatrick, you do not want that guy to quarterback 16 games for you during a regular season. He is the ultimate. He is the ultimate people's champ. The backup. He's the ultimate closer. Whatever. A zig and a zag. If that guy, if if you're starting week one with Ryan Fitzpatrick, planning on him starting 16 games for you in the NFL to lead you to playoffs, division, potentially conference championship, Super Bowl. You're not doing it right. Fitzmagic, the best, in my opinion, the best backup in the league. I love him. Number 22 coming in, came in at 26 last year, 33 the year before, making uh, mild improvements on the West Coast Gamblers QB rankings. But in my eyes, I think this was a worse year than he had last year. It was a disappointment in my eyes. I thought he could do more with the team that he had. And I think the team altogether could have done more this year. Carolina Panthers' Teddy Bridgewater, who still is under contract for one more year, number 22 on our rankings. I know, we. I mean, if you're going to listen to reporters, if you're going to listen to rumors, you know Carolina is in all of these QB trade talks, trying to get a QB here, trying to draft a QB. They obviously know Teddy Bridgewater is not the future in Carolina. We have him pretty high on this list. Drew, you had him as high as 21 overall. Do you think Teddy Bridgewater, regardless whether it's in Carolina or not, is a starting quarterback, uh, you know, let's say a year or two years from now? Because I don't know if I see that. Yeah, I mean, I got to admit, I Teddy... I don't call him Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater, I call him Teddy Covers. Theodore Covers. That guy covered more games for me this year than any other quarterback that I consistently bet on. So I have a soft <laughs> spot in my heart, except Week 17. Uh, you know when he did not was not kind to me, and when um, I think 23rd on your list, PJ Walker Tony came in and <laughs> threw about three picks in two minutes. That was nice. Um, but you know Teddy again, similar. Similar to Alex Smith, gruesome leg injury, awesome story. Seems like an awesome guy, awesome yeah. leader. Um, I would love to have him on my team for sure. I'm not sure if, again, he's a starting quarterback that's going to be the face of the franchise in the future. Yeah, he's number 22 on our list. And you were talking about you'd love to have him on your team. Well, let's talk about a guy who is on your team. This man has been a starter in the league for all five years. As a rookie, he came in at 31. And then after that, he was never lower than number 15 overall. Started all 16 games the past two seasons and started all 15 this week until a thumb injury hitting a defender's helmet allowed John Wolford to take the helm and Sean McVay to say, hey, I kind of like it without our golden boy. Jared Goff comes in at number 20. 21, and we all had him here. Just like Taysom Hill, there was only one spot of difference between all three of our lists where we put Jared Goff. Drew, he is your quarterback of the future, at least for this year and most likely for next year, depending on his contract. 21, Jared Goff. Are you okay having the 21st quarterback when you used to have a guy who's flirting around top 10 every year? Uh, I'm going to refer to my Carson Wentz statement. Uh, I think we'll be talking about Jared Goff and Carson Wentz until the cows come home between now and the start of the regular season. We got draft coverage coming up next month, boys. I just need a, I just need a rest from Jared Goff chat. I, I can guarantee I you, I'm not going to be, we're not going to be talking about Jared Goff because he's going to be playing for a team that's going to be two and 14 next year. So the talk about him is going to end really fast in the season. Dangles, Jared Goff, We've seen a lot of him in L.A. We've covered the L.A. Rams personally the first few years of this podcast. Watched so him play live. Jared, Jared Goff has been our baby. He really has. We have rooted for this man ever since he thought the sun set in the south or whatever he said on, on Hard Knocks. Jared Goff, we have him at number 21 on here. We all had him around there. Do you think Jared Goff is a starter in this league for the future? Or do you think we're looking at the final two seasons of Jared Goff as an NFL caliber quarterback? 
again, it's 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 tough to say. I you know feel like a broken record on this show talking about the decision making issues that he has, and it's a year over year thing. It doesn't change. It hasn't seemed to change. Going from L.A. to Detroit is going to be a culture shock for Jared, a kid who you know came who's from from California, grew up out here. You know, he went to Berkeley. I don't know this if that a, uh, that girlfriend is going to love the Detroit nightlife. I mean, I look, I love Detroit. I have family Greek in Detroit. Town is I, the shit, I, Tony. I, Greek Town is amazing, uh, and and I love I love uh, 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 the downtown area. It's up and coming. It's it's a, a city on the rise, uh, and I've got family there. Detroit's a city that's close to my heart, but um, it's very different than Los. Angeles. I just don't and know how many... I don't know. You know, if you're going the other way, I might be like, I love it. It's going to be a nice, refreshing kind of like new. But for a dude who's never seen two feet of snow probably before and had to walk through it to practice, man, I I, I don't know. I I, I mean, I, I, I want to root for him because like you said, Tony, he's he has grown up with us on on our podcast here. Yeah. Um, I but, don't know, you know how many chipping turns, greens you're going to have on turns, your palatial estate in Detroit, Michigan. I just don't think those know, things he, exist. He still turns the ball over a lot. Or the and, suburbs, pal. I don't know how many bikini shoots his girlfriend is going to do when there's cement on all four sides of her and no sunlight in Michigan. But hey. He's not going to live there. He's going to live in Royal Royal Oak or West Bloomfield or Rochester. He's going to love it. He's just going to he's going to enjoy the suburb life. I'm praying for him. I really am because I want him to succeed. I've been rooting for the kid ever since he oh, came yeah, into the league. Oh yeah, you want him to succeed. That is the most bullshit thing I've ever heard out of your freaking mouth, Tony Squares. You want him to succeed. <laughs> All you do is trash him in text, crucify him. So f you, Tony Squares. I'm not going to put up with that shenanigans. I want him to succeed. Nonsense. Rooting Continue. For Rooting for him, man. I'd love to have him on the show in the future. Rooting for you, Jared. If you hear this, you know you got a fan in me. That's the end of our West Coast Gamblers QB rankings, number 32 through 21. Next week, we'll be going to the middle-tier starters where Jared Goff just missed the cut. Maybe he'll get there next year after playing for that Honolulu Blue. That is the end of the show. Thank you very much for Tony Cavallo, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer, Crookston, the uh, still-confused Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio. We are the West Coast Gamblers. Thank you very much for listening. That's all we got. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.